This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Tale of Two Sisters, and revisited the book of Ruth. Uh, I love this book. It, it is such a picture of life and love and God's redemption and recovery. Uh, it's such a love story. Uh, and the Bible uh, says this in um, Ruth chapter 1, verse 1. It says, once upon a time. Now that fa- feels like a fairy tale. Uh, type thing, but this is a, just a wonderful love story. Amen. It didn't come from fairies; it came from the faithful one. People are named in actuality. This actually happened. It's not make believe, uh, but it is believable. And uh, you know, I live with a woman that loves a love story. So this is a real, this is one of the Bible's loveliest love stories, uh, and. Uh, and it is about uh, God's plan of redemption and recovery of our lives. You know, Jesus said this, that uh, uh, he said, if, you're, if you are weary and wasted and just sick and tired uh, of religion, he said, he said, you need to come to me, he said, and I'll help you to recover your life. Now, the life that he was talking about was the real life, the God kind of life. Amen. The one that God wanted you to have and purchased for you and made available to us and put together uh, for us. Amen. The, the God's love dream for your life. Jesus said that there's a, uh, that, that the, a recovery of that is possible. Amen. I want to do some teaching on recovery this summer. I've heard the Lord say uh, that he wants to share some things along that line. Um, but it says that uh, it was back in the day, so there's a southern saying, back in the day, when judges led Israel, there was a famine in the land. Uh, there was a famine in the land. Now think of this, this is in the promised land. This is in the place of God's choosing, the place of God's assignment uh, for his people, that... that that there was a famine in the promised land. And there was hardship. They'd hit a hard patch, hard times. And there were difficulties. And there was, there was a pressing and there was pressure uh, on the people uh, of God. And specifically, it names a man here. It says, uh, it says, a man from Bethlehem in Judah left home to live in the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons. The man's name was Elimelech, and his wife's name was Naomi. His sons were named Malon and Kilian. All Ephratites from Bethlehem and Judah, and they went to the country of Moab, and they settled there. Now, a man left home, so he left, uh, God's place and God's grace, his place of inheritance that was assigned by God, chosen by God. And the man's name was Amimelech. And that name, uh, uh, that name 
is defined and means something. You know, names mean something with God. They have a meaning, uh, a root. And we're just going to call him Eli, all right? So I don't have to keep saying Elimelech. It translates, means my, my God is king. It also trim, uh, uh, translated the strength of the king. And he made a decision and he made a choice under pressure. He had a good idea that seemed reasonable enough. as natural thinking. It's hard here. So let's go over there. It will be easier. It will be better. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but I'm going to say something here now. If it's, not a, if it's not a God idea, then it's not a good idea. You don't leave home or your place or your grace while under pressure. Now, think about this now. The place that God picked out for you, the first thing that's going to, uh, uh, one of the first tests is that, is that there'll probably be uh, not enough. It'll be a famine. Now, how do I know that? Well, because it's a thread that runs through Scripture. You know, Abraham... When he got to the place that God had chosen for him, God appeared to him and said, this is a spot. Abraham built the altar, and it says, and there was a famine in the land. And so Abraham moved progressively away from the spot that God had picked out. And here's how moves are made, progressively, step by step, little by little. And he moved progressively, you know, down towards Egypt, where he wasn't supposed to be. And I mean, when he got down there, he had some kind of trouble down there. Caused some kind of trouble down there. Amen? Because that wasn't where he was supposed to be. Isaac uh, was uh, the same. We're talking about, you know, uh, uh, following the path of faith here. These things are written for our example. Isaac, in the same way, uh, there was a famine that arose during his lifetime. Isn't that something? Uh... And he started to, you know, things are hard here. Maybe if we move over there, things will be easier. So he left and, and he started down uh, towards Egypt. And the Lord appeared to him. He said, don't go down there now. He said, you stay here and you sow in famine. And I'll bless you. Believe in the blessing. It's, it's super on top of natural. And let me say something about this. Uh, I heard the Lord say this this week. You know, he said, you know, there's some natural I'm not going to put my super on. He said, people that just think naturally that I'm everywhere and in everything, he said, you need to understand and grow up that, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not everywhere and in everything. I said, I'm not everywhere and I'm not in everything. I'm not, my blessing isn't going to be on everything and on everyone. Everywhere, you got to stay where God told you to be. You got to be where God told you to be, doing what God told you to do. The answer to famine, God's answer was right there. He said, you stay here and you sow in famine. And he did, and you reaped a hundredfold. Oh. Amen. Now, he's under pressure. When famine happens, we're under pressure. When there's not enough, whatever, however, spiritual or natural. But anyway, if it's not a good idea... 
Uh, if it's not a God idea, it's just a good idea. And over there is not where you want to go. Don't leave home your place and your grace while under pressure. Now let's look at some decision making uh, uh, under, uh, from a kingdom perspective. Galatians 6. Uh, is anybody up there in the crow's nest that can... Uh, something has happened to my amplified Bible. Either the dog ate it. Uh, one of you is a thief or Sandy has done something with my stuff again, but I could not find it. But anyway, if you got it, if we can uh, pull up the amplified version uh, up there. I don't know if anybody's there at all. Praise the Lord. There's, I, see, I see the hands waving that I want to know. Galatians 6 and probably 7 and 8 are the ones that we want to look at. talks about um, so the, the law of sowing and reaping. Um, and it talks about the sowers. Uh, it talks about two kinds of sowers and two kinds of sowing and reaping. This is, uh, how many of you know that our decisions and choices are a seed that will result in consequences? I'm going to say that again. How many of you know that our choices are seed that we will reap consequences from? Amen. Hmm? One thing about this summer is a growing season. And I hope that your purpose to grow up. Praise the Lord. There's an upward calling. And uh, uh, in uh, that we're being called to. And that would mean that we need to come up a little, maybe a lot, um, in growing up. Amen. Now, here's a kingdom perspective. How many of you know you're citizens of the kingdom of God? Before we're anything, we're that. Amen. You're in this world, but not of this world. You know, none of your labels, none of your, you know, the badges of honor that we wear. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I'm, 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 I'm. Paul said, no, it's all garbage. The one thing I am is in a pursuit to know God in a reality. Amen. And I am a student forever hungry and thirsty to know a God. Amen. All right. So Galatians, you got it up there, right? says, don't be deceived and deluded and misled. God will not allow himself to be uh, sneered at or scorned or disdained and mocked by mere pretensions or professions or by his precepts being set aside. He inevitably deludes himself who attempts to delude God for whatever a man sows, that and that only is what uh, he will reap. Now, uh, for he that sows to his own flesh the lower nature... The sensuality, the reasonable uh, side of things, governed by the knowings and understandings of the natural man and the natural world, will from the flesh reap decay and ruin and destruction. Everybody say corruption. corruption. Okay, decay is corruption and destruction. But he who sows the Spirit will from the Spirit, and that's a capital S, meaning the, the Holy Spirit, all right, Reap eternal life. Now, uh, Eli here, uh, he represents this, guys, the sin nature 
which attempts to live by its own capabilities rather than by trusting the grace and the mercy of God. Now, now here's the thing. Sowing, uh, deciding, choosing, reaping corruption and destruction versus uh, reaping uh, 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 to the versus sowing to the Spirit, being led by the Spirit of God. Being led by the Spirit of God. Um, who brings us life, abundant life, and eternal life. The blessing, the blessed life. Now, Elimelech, we're going to have to measure the sowings by the reapings here. Fair enough. It says God's not going to allow himself to be contradicted, to be deluded, he said, you, you, it doesn't matter what you pretend, what you profess, here's how it is. The sowings are, measure, the, the, the sowings are revealed in the reapings. The fall will tell all about this summer. Now listen, the end result of e, in Eli's life. The scripture says there is a way that seems right. But the end is death. So he died. Let's read further. Eli died. He went down there under pressure, made a decision under pressure. Uh, It it seemed so right. But when he got, they moved there, they settled there. Now now here's the thing. You know, uh, I I don't believe that this was a spirit-led decision. I don't believe it was a God idea. I think it was just a good idea. And because of the end result, Eli died. (laughs) And Naomi was left. She and her two sons, and the sons took Moabite wives. The name of the first was Orpha, the second Ruth. They lived there in Moab for the next ten years. But then the two brothers, Maelon and Kilian, they died. Now this is significant in that they're his seed. They're the future. The lineage died. All right, now. His sons died. So our decisions, as this man's decision, affect the generations and the future, uh, not just our own. So what was the right decision? Or could we say, was this the right decision? You know, it says he went to the land of Moab. Let's look at this. Moab means of his father, and it, it came about uh, Moab was the son of Lot by his own daughter. There was, there was incest, a perversion. He, you know, Lot was around God. He was around Abraham, and he had, who had a relationship with God. But Lot was just religious. Lot didn't have a relationship with God because when the crossroads of choice, and we have always... A crossroads of choice. Our will versus God's will. Amen. This is hard. Sometimes it's hard here, isn't it? Hmm? It'd just be easier over there. So Lot, when he was at the crossroads of choice, Lot chose what seemed so right. Well, that looks good over the well-watered plain. I mean, that is the best. I'm on, I'm on, and he made a, a see this Flesh filter. There's a filter in our life when we're fleshy people, natural people. 
sensual and sin-ruled people. Are you listening? Rather than spirit-led people and sensitive and perceptive people. There's a filter, and it's dirty. It's just, it's dirty. You ain't going to get no clean water out of it through a dirty filter. You're going to wind up with a mess. <clears throat> Lot chose what seemed so right, looked so good, but now listen, he wound up, at, just like Eli, wasting his family. Abimelech chose, and he wasted his family. The land of Moab was a place of corruption and destruction. The Moabites. I mean, they're birthed out of a perversion. <laughs> it seems so right. But whatever seems right, that's what we're going to do. Are you hearing? Amen. But when you, a child of God heads in that direction now, uh, you get in over into this, you get operating in the corruption of the flesh, of the natural man, the sensual man, the reasonings of it just seems reasonable if it's hard here. Why well, stay here? Let's just go over there. It's easier over there. Looks easier anyway. All right. Then we, the, the result is destruction. No, uh, you know, the man died. Two sons died. The harvest tells the seed. You can't change. God says, if you're honest, you're going to have to look at this. And I'm going to tell you what, I've seen this in my own life. Oh, good God, I've experienced some destructions. I have experienced some destructions. I've seen friends, you know, that, uh, that have experienced destructions. Amen. Well, I'm going to tell you what now. You know, I identify more with Naomi uh, than with uh, her husband. You know, why sit here till we die? <laughs> That's just the grace and goodness of God. Because he'll always be telling you, you know, you can't stay here now. You don't belong here. You don't go. Don't do it. Amen. Now, Naomi's name is Pleasantness. And she found herself in the land of Moab. And she'd suffered loss, uh, a tremendous loss. Uh, found herself, but she also came to herself. The Bible says that after she was left without, you know, see, life seemed in what seemed so right, you know, and she's left, after she's left without her husband and her sons, she came to herself, found herself living in the land of Moab, in what seemed so right, but it is even worse. It was not better. And to the degree that it changed her, she gives us some insight uh, in, when she, in her conversation with her daughter-in-laws and even when she got back to the land of Israel, they said, is this Naomi pleasantness, beauty, and grace? And she said, don't call me that. She told her daughter, she goes, this is a bitter thing. This is more bitter for me than it is for you. You still have your whole life. I am ruined. All right, now listen. And she said, don't call me pleasant, Naomi. Call me Mara, bitter. For I left here full of life, and God has brought me back with nothing. Now, you need to understand that she thought in following her man in what seemed so right. After all, his name, Eli, my God, is king. 
Right? God is king. That she was following God and God's will and God's way. Now, let me tell you, you know, God's will and God's way is He lets us choose. We have a free will. Proverbs 19 and 3 says this in one translation, people ruin their lives without, uh, with the foolish things they do, and then they blame the Lord for it. It says a person's own foolishness, his own foolish acts destroy their life, but their heart is then angry with the Lord. Amplified Bible says this, the foolishness of man undermines his way. One translation says corrupts his way, perverts his way. It says ruining whatever uh, he undertakes. Then his heart is resentful and rages against the Lord. For being, for being a fool, he blames the Lord instead of himself. Now, this is where she's at. I mean, she's married to foolishness. She followed foolishness. And she's talking foolishness. But she's brokenhearted. Amen. Do you know what? Thank God the Bible says one day she got herself together and she realized, I can't stay here. So she set out for home. Uh, home was the land of uh, uh, Judah, Bethlehem. Amen. Uh, she heard that God was visiting and blessing his people again, and, and there was food. So uh, she got herself together and her two daughters-in-law. Her two sons married in Moab. Uh, Malon was the uh, younger son, and it means the pining one, sickly and poorly. And he married Orpha, and her name is stubbornness and pride. That's what it means, translated. That's the meaning of the name. Kilion was an older son, uh, and, uh, and these are two brothers that married two sisters, and two sisters that married two brothers. And Kilion, the older son, his name means failing and unsuccessful. And Ruth, her name means friendship, companion, friend, and vision of beauty. Now, Naomi had the two sisters, or her daughters-in-law, the sons are dead, her husband's dead, and they're standing at a crossroad of choice here in the first chapter, a few verses down. And they started out from the place that they had been living, the land of corruption and destruction. It says that after a very short while, when they got on the right road, they had a conversation and it went like this. She said, go back, stay here. You, you Go back, stay here. This is... This is your place. And they both said, no, we're going with you. We're with you. We're going with you. And they're crying. And, you know, it was just an emotional uh, thing. But she was stronger, more serious with them. She said, no, go by. You, you go by. You know, the choice a lot of times is to go back to reasonableness, to go back to uh, what seems right to go back and just stay in what you've always known. It's easier than changing, isn't it? Um, or to go with the crossroads of choosing. You know, uh, here we see the self-serving life. It seemed to be the good road. And weighed against the self-sacrificing life that turned out to be God's road. It's important that we understand the difference that what you want in a self-willed life and what God wants is a God-willed life. There's a difference in those things. 
Two very different destinies are unfolding right in front of our eyes from these pages. One sister, Orpha, kissed it all goodbye. Stubbornness and pride always prefers and chooses its own way over God's way, its own will over God's will. But in short order, we see this girl fall off the pages of his story, her significance only as an example of a wrong choice and a wrong destiny. Not even honorable mention. Ruth, though, chose a different destiny. And her significance and her contribution, she was in the lineage, one that God chose to be in the very lineage of bringing the Messiah, Jesus. Has her own book as a shining example of what God prefers and what God chooses overall. You know, she's David's great-grandmother. Beautiful grace of God, companion, friendship. This is a picture of loyal love. You know, this kind of, and the Bible talks and, uh, and couches a, a, a picture, if we will, of the loyal love of God. God's love is loyal. The loyal love. God loves us with the loyal love. This kind, this kind, this God kind of love is very rare find today. Rare find, you know. You know, you want a husband or a wife that has loyal love. You want friends that have loyal love. You want to be part of a people that operate in loyal love. It's a committed love. It's highly prized, has infinite value. It's above all and before all in the kingdom of God. So useful, something that God uses, something that God, it came out of him so it's blessed and it causes us to be such a blessing when we operate in loyal love. Now, I want to close real quickly here with this, uh, verse 16 and 17. This is so powerful. Sandy bought a... Uh, um, when we was teaching on Ruth before, I love this. There's so much in here. You know, this casual uh, flipping of Bible verse for the dying stuff. Lord have mercy. You know, he would walk and talk with you if you just pull aside and walk and talk with him. Now, Sandy bought a little uh, thing that's on the wall at the house that says, Where you go, I'll go. This is how Ruth expresses. And this is loyal love talking. And this is the kind of love. Now listen, this is the kind of love that God uses, that he prefers and that he chooses. Amen. Destinies that are significant to the kingdom of God. Where, it says, don't force me to leave you. Don't make me go home. Where you go, I go. Sounds like a lady ready to take a walk, go on a journey. Going not knowing. I don't know. I've never been there. All I've known is this. But I know that you know something different. And I'm committed to you because I see God. I have encountered and experienced God in you. 
I've seen that even in your bitterness, you still, you still know that there's a God, and that's the one I want to know. So where you go, I go. Oh, this is a powerful, powerful statement for people that are on a journey with God and with one another. Where you go, I'll go. This is loyal love talking. Naomi had said, I can't do anything more for you. I have nothing to offer you. That's why I want you to stay here. And Ruth, reading between the lines, could have said, you've already. You're all I have. You're all the good that I've ever known in this place of corruption and destruction. You're, all, you're the only good I've ever seen. Where you go, I'll go. Your people are my people. Your God is my God. Look at the progression here. And she said, where you die, I'll die. I'm not ever leaving you. <laughs> boy, oh boy. I'm glad I can look at this. Because just outside the window, there's so much corruption and destruction. And some of that light even gets inside of the church. And if I look at that, that is troublesome. Because I know without this, you know, you'll never make it to where God wants you to be. You'll never get there. If it gets too hard, it's too inconvenient, it's too uncomfortable, and it costs too much, and it requires too much change, you'll go back. You'll stay with what's reasonable. You'll stay with what seems good, but the end of that is the death of a destiny. Well, we're out of time. Well, I believe this message is just in time. See, God's good in that we don't go very far down this new road, do we? Headed in a new direction for new things where he gives us the choice. He wants to know, do you really want to go? Kissers and please. You know, I made up my mind a long time ago that God put me with good people. I believe God for good people for my life. I've had a lot of not so good people, but I believe God for good people for my life. I'm believing God for better people for my life. Amen. Nothing wrong with that. But I knew in order to receive those kind of people, I had to be a certain kind. He that would have friends must show himself first friendly as the kind of friend that you will attract. Amen. Can you see how Eli, water found its own level, didn't it? It always does. Can you see how lot water finds its own level, don't it? Amen. You know, you get to choose your own measure. I told the Lord, I said, you know, Lord... I'm going to be a faithful man. Let it be said of me in your eyes, I am a faithful man. I'm going to be faithful to you. And when you assign me to folks, I'm going to be faithful to them.
I'm going to love them loyally. I'm going to be loyal even if it seems like a fault. It's not always in front of. You know, David was this way. Saul was a wicked man. And David said, I will not step outside of loyal love because I caught something that's in my lineage. You cannot reach your destiny if you do that kind of stuff. Pastor Ron's going to come and pray. I'm going to tell you what now. Uh, there's a destination that is part of your destiny in God this summer. This is a significant time. That we'll either be silly or serious. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.